Hello, everybody. Welcome back. My guest today is Brenna Koss. Brenna is a podcaster, avid runner, and non-for-profit development coordinator. Navigating male-female friendships can be difficult. Surprise, surprise. But they don't have to be. In today's episode, Brenna and I highlight what the Bible has to say about this topic, along with the mistakes we made in our own male-female friendships. Expect to learn if men and women can be friends, how important physical attraction is in a relationship, what love is, how much time you should be spending with friends of the opposite gender, what to think when a guy holds the door open for you, what age to start dating, why you should tithe, the biblical way to view our brothers and sisters in Christ, how to manage anxiety, what is a woman's highest calling, and much more. This is a topic that has always fascinated me, especially over the last couple of years as uh, the rest of my siblings have all gotten married and I'm the, I'm the last one. And being able to kind of see the dynamics of their relationship, uh, the breakups, the getting back together, and seeing how they navigated it all was uh, quite fascinating for me. And uh, being able to ask different married couples in the church that have been married for 10, 20, you know, 30 years, uh, this question has is, is brought more interest to it. And uh, bringing another voice into this, like Brenna, was really, really cool. It was a wonderful conversation. Uh, she is filled with so much authenticity and brought just a, a beautiful perspective to this conversation of male-female friendships that I think was very, very needed. I really appreciated her thoughtfulness and sensitivity to how she answered these questions uh, through her own experiences and what the Bible has to say about this. But now, please welcome Brenna Koss. Brenna, welcome to the show. Uh, question right off the bat. Okay. Can single men and women be friends? Um, in my opinion, 100% yes. Mm. I know this is, it's, it's something I've actually been thinking a lot about lately, just in my own life. Like I think growing up, I was never taught how to do this. And mm. it kind of seemed like these two extremes were offered to me in regards to who I am in relation to the guys at church is you're either going to be end up being a wife or you're going to be like this temptation. Yeah. And so it's hard to find that balance. I don't know if you had like a similar experience. Um, but I remember like <laughs> being in youth group specifically. And I mean, I understand the intention and the heart behind this and that trying to like knock the church or anything, but we would, they would split up the girls and the guys like, you know, on a Thursday night and they would tell the girls how to dress, what to do, what not to do kind of thing. And, um, and then I don't know what they're probably telling the guys like talking about like how to view us and like, Oh, like, I don't know, just like, I don't know what they're saying to the guys. But for me, I think I just like, then I would grow up and like going off to college and going to Bible school for a couple of years. It was like, if you got coffee with a guy or if you hung out one-on-one -on -one with a guy, you mm. were going to get married, or it was just like a high pressured situation and didn't, didn't cultivate an environment of seeing each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. It was like these extremes sort of, I mm. felt like, is this really honoring God? Like, is this really how he wants us to be treating other people to reduce our identities towards each other as potential partners versus like the holistic 
beauty that is found in a person based on like a mago day and who they are in the Lord. And like, how do we, how do we cultivate that? So I felt, I, sometimes I still feel really, really lost on how to do that. Um, so I'm glad we're having this conversation. So I'm definitely in the camp that says yes, because obviously with a lot of things in our lives, our default is never holiness. Like we need the Lord mm-hmm. to empower us to do things. Um, we need godly community to help guide us in wisdom. We need his word to give us that wisdom. And so I think this is just another example of like, how do we navigate this? Because I really have a hard time believing. And I think we're missing out on a lot of things by saying no. Um, so that's my take on it. What do you, what yeah. do you, do you have yeah, well, it's funny uh, coming up to this when we did our kind of like pre-call, I was like, I've always been told like, yeah, listen, you can be friends, but there was a, a big emphasis on like, typically one heart is leaning more towards the other. Mm-hmm. And I still find that to be true. And every sort of guy, girl, male, female relationship or friendship, right? It's like, there's always a typically one heart is leaning more towards the other. And so that's not to say that you can't hang out. Um, but I think it should be more in, in group activities. Because mm-hmm. if it is, if it is one-on-one, uh, I think that's fine. But you have to be careful with uh, sharing your deepest, darkest secrets right. or, or getting too deep, right? You're, you're spending three hours together at coffee. Uh, that's no longer just being friends. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more than that. I, I don't know. Do you, do you disagree or where do you find the line of like, do you hang out one-on-one or do you like, listen, let's just, let's keep it kind of surfacing. Not that we can't talk about deep things, but yeah. let's not get, let our emotions, right? Carry this conversation. Uh, I think I've messed up so much in this area because I love having deep conversations very very full with people. So it's definitely a weak point for me. And I think it's gotten me in some messy situations with with people that I was like, oh, we're friends. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like you're leaning when you have to have that comfort when you have like your guy friend coming up to you and telling you this it, it is kind of sad because you're like oh dang it like did I like was I leading mm. him on like, I didn't, you know all this stuff um because I think it, I mean obviously this can be an individual basis because some people's personalities and like I don't know there's just a lot of factors with this but I think in in regards to setting boundaries I do think one thing I'm learning is that emotional boundary aspect of like yeah like maybe if you're going through something really hard maybe it's not the best thing to be like pouring out your soul to your guy friend all the time because that could give them like the wrong idea yeah Uh, but it is hard I don't know like I do like like I've sort of stopped hanging out one-on-one with guy friends and I've and it gets different too I know like you know when you start dating somebody or Mm -hmm. obviously those boundaries ramp up so um I think I'm learning okay what am I okay with what what have I learned from these past experiences because in my head I'm like oh we're just getting dinner we're hanging out and in their mind they're like yeah I'm locking this in we're going (laughs) to how do you have that conversation and so uh, I think I've been more on the receiving end of that so I'm definitely learning (laughs) yeah yeah no I definitely I wear my heart on my sleeve I love to have deep connections like I hate small talk I was like bro I don't I don't care about the weather (laughs) like I'm cool for five ten minutes but like hey how are you really doing what's going on uh you know because I want to feel that deep emotional connection like I want to understand the person what are the things they're thinking about uh their perspective on life and so yeah that can lead especially when it's you know female for me it's like it can lead to yeah we're now talking for several hours and it's no longer just you know it's 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 become unhealthy um exactly yeah there's there's a quote from the gospel coalition I was listening to uh, a couple of podcasts and then this one particular art, article came out and says uh, the question of can you have male female friendships it says it often leads us to assume that it's going to be a intimate friendship is being suggested right that's like this like very very close like what I would have with my brother right like a very very tight-knit group uh, you know and they go hanging out together 
alone is not a good idea. Sharing your deepest, darkest, you know, hopes and fears is probably not a good idea. Uh, if you're single, right, it leads to a lot of weirdness where the relationship is headed. And if you're married, you should reserve that intimate friendship for your spouse. Yeah. But we need not rule out male, female friendship built on mutual respect and affinity cultivated within appropriate boundaries. If we do, we set a course charted by fear rather than trust. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, like if we were to completely segregate, uh, which that happens at times, and I think it's for good reasons sometimes, right? Like in youth groups, right? am I going to be really vulnerable if there's a bunch of girls around? Maybe not as much. Now I probably would be, but like growing up, probably not as much. And so I think there's, there's, there's good sensitivity there. Um, but there are so many topics that need both sides. And Paul actually urges us to be friends with those of the opposite sex and to see each other as more than just uh, that physical attraction, but more than just see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. So my question is to you then, how do you, how do you set those boundaries? What are, what are things that you've done or you've seen in scripture um, that are good biblical ways to set boundaries when you have someone in your life who is of the opposite gender, uh, gender and you're trying to figure out, yeah, how do I, how do I kind of draw that line? Yeah. So I was listening to a couple, there was like a podcast series on this too. And I, and I found this one um, idea that I actually want to start like applying to my life. I haven't actually done it yet. Um, is like, how much are you like seeing this person and like spending mm. time with this person to like evaluate, like, like I understand like the group setting thing too, can kind of like make it feel more balanced and stuff. But like, there would be times when I would hang out with some of my guy friends, like probably way too much or like FaceTiming late at night or like things like, you're just like, yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, again, yeah. Like, in my head, I'm probably like, Oh yeah. Like I just love talking to them. And like, there is this idea of like an att- attraction in a friendship of like, yeah, like I'm, I want to spend time with people and I'm attracted to them holistically of like, I love how mm-hmm. they think about things. I love having conversations with them. I love, I feel like I walk away being pushed cl- closer to Jesus and stuff. And so sometimes that can sort of confuse my mm. emotions at times. And yeah, like if they're like good looking too, it's like, oh yeah, I want to like spend time with them. Why not? You know, it's like, all yeah. This yeah. Stuff. So I think one thing is just like how much time, like during the week are you actually spending mm. with them? Like maybe it's best to do like a once or twice a week kind of thing in a group setting. And like, it just depends that like, that's my boundary. I feel like I need to start setting. I know everyone is kind of with their struggles or, or, Stuff like that is different. And then one thing that I've been really trying to adjust is like, like working in tandem with that is like having a more like sanctified perspective with this and like kind of what does it look like to view this person as a brother like Mm. like how like how do I treat like, yeah, I'm like close with my like actual brother, but it's like, yeah, like, how do I value him as that instead of like, oh, why is he being like nice to me? Or why did he hold the door open for me? And and yeah perspective of well maybe he's just treating and valuing you the way mm. that God wants us to be treating and valuing other people and so yeah. like making that some I think you know your perspective and your thought life is really important when it comes to this so that's something like, like a discipline that I'm really trying to surrender to the Lord and it's taking like a lot of prayer and just like making sure and like being honest with yourself like with where you're at like if you start getting feelings or you're kind of I feel like you can know too like I'm starting oh. to learn can kind yeah. of gain a sense of like, ah, this person's probably, they want to hang out all day if they want to do all these things. So it's like, like checking in with yourself and being honest and then being, being communicative to that person as well. Of like, Hey, I think, you know, this is my boundary. This is like where I'm at and stuff. So that way the friendship doesn't end up, you know, ending or just awkward or weird. So yeah. that's something I'm really trying to like work on. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think it's important to to 
realize, yeah, how much time am I spending with them? And where's this going? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're spending several hours a week uh, with each other, yeah, what's, what's going to end up happening? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're wanting to pursue a relationship, then like, then all right, then make it official. Yeah. Take them out on an actual date. Like say, hey, now, like, you know, like, I think just being clear about where you want to go. Cause I definitely, yeah. Like there's, there's so many stories. There's so many girls that are like, yeah, spent like this one time we spent, I think we spent like six hours together. Um, but it wasn't, so, a date. it wasn't a date. Oh, it was definitely a date for sure. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was. I was just kind of hanging out, dude, six hours. What are you doing? Like, yeah, uh, man learned a lot from that. Uh, and eventually I kind of had to we kind of had to part ways on things. Um, she also lives super far away as well. That also seems to be a trend as well. I don't know why, but like at least other people like are always super far away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I realized that like, yeah, I, this is not going to go anywhere. If I'm, if I don't see myself actually, you know, uh, pursuing a relationship with them, mm-hmm. then hanging out this much is probably not a good idea. Yeah. 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 And one thing is like, I'm trying to like, because like I said before, I feel like I wasn't really taught how to navigate these waters too well. And so it's like now that I've kind of experienced some things and made some mistakes, it's like, how do I, how do I readjust and like what does scripture say? And my pastor was um, doing some training for leaders in our church. And one of the things we're talking about is the Holy Spirit and like, what does the Holy Spirit exactly do for us? And like, kind of breaking, almost like breaking down like a different um, list in the scriptures. And one of the things that I, I was like picking one a day to sort of like meditate on and think about of like, oh yeah, this is like how, what the spirit does and how they empower, how he empowers me. And one of the things that I wanted to share was in Romans. So in Romans 8, um, 15, which I found was really interesting is that the Holy Spirit reminds us that we are children of God. So like going back to that identity piece, I think it's really important in this of like, I'm a daughter of the King. He is a son of the King. So let me, let me work within the situation with that mindset versus like, can he be like my potential partner? Like, uh, as like the baseline for this. And so the verse that he talks about is for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as son by whom we cry, Abba father. So I thought that was really interesting of like, we're not receiving this like spirit of like fear, but a spirit that reminds us that we are children of God. And so I want to be the type of person that when I'm interacting with guys, that I can set those boundaries, that I can do those things out of a trust um, in my father of like who he has made me, who he's made that person. So it's like really trying to like put this perspective shift is like so important for me. And then I feel like the boundaries will come a little more naturally of like, oh yeah, obviously, because this isn't my, um, my husband or my future husband, I'm not going to do these things or I'm not going to do that. So I'm kind of letting that and like the spirit guide me. Um, as I try to navigate these waters that I feel like I didn't know what to do from a young age. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's man. I'm glad. Like I, like it's, it's so good. Like you were homeschooled, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I really liked being homeschooled because mm-hmm. it like, it brought the weirdness. Like no one ever like teased me about girls. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that at all. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So like, it wasn't until like, you know, more recent years, you know, we've had conversations like that, but it's like, there also wasn't that pressure as well from other people being like, Oh, she's cute. Or, Oh, you should go take her out. You know, like there was none of that. So my priorities were already pretty set on what I need to be focusing on as well. I think that's, yeah, I think it's good. Like, I'm glad I was sheltered from that, like, or whatever word you want to use or protected or, you know, like I didn't need to have that sort of uh, environment where that was like promoted. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I feel the same way too. I feel like uh, maybe in youth group, there was a little bit of like teasing, but not to the extent of like public school and stuff like that. Like yeah. I remember I actually ran track for in junior high for public school. And even just like those two years of like being around those kids, like I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like it's a totally different like atmosphere with the whole like guy girl. Because I mean, I think some of the culture has maybe seeped into to Christian culture a little bit of like at the end of the day, guys will be guys or girls will be girls. And like mm. our baby in this like sexual thing versus like again our base being like a child of God and it's like how do we like yes that's a part of it but it's not like our entire identity or like who we are or like at the end of the day this is what's going to happen it's like okay like I understand that to a certain extent but I feel like I want to hold us to a higher calling of like yeah but like the Bible literally talked about brothers and sisters in Christ like all the time like if you like look through the scriptures so it's like and he called I think there's an intentional purpose of Jesus calling us children and so I think focusing on that and like what does that look like versus oh well you know like I remember I, I was like dating somebody and it had like ended and uh, even like some godly like women in my life who are older were like, oh, well, how old was he? And I was like, why does it matter? Yeah. I was like, you know, like this whole mature, this whole standard of maturity level and things like that. Yeah. I think we need to start holding each other to a higher standard um, in a loving and gracious way. Um, and I just haven't seen that a lot. And so it's like, I have this strong desire to like put that back into the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it, uh, I guess, yeah. Do you think it matters what age? Uh, you start dating or, or get into a relationship. Does that really matter? I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, when I have kids, I am not, I'm probably not going to let them, obviously not in middle school, no. not like high school, even you don't even know. College, no, you, figuring yourself out. Seriously. <laughs> um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if there's like a specific age, but I do think there is something to be said about like, how are we raising our men and women? Because I do think you can be like, I mean, if you look at the past generations, like men were men at like 17, they were going to war. They're all like, there's like these different standards versus like in your twenties, you just do it and have fun. Mm-hmm. You that when you're 30, that's, that's when the responsibility comes, you settle down, you get a house. Like there's like this different standard now. And so yeah. honestly, I'm okay with waiting till after college to date, but uh, that's not to say that you, you can't date in college. I have some friends that are married and have great marriages from college. But for me, it was like, I was still figuring out who I was and mm-hmm. what I wanted to do and all these things. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, thinking back to Jesus time, the disciples were teenagers. Yeah, That's what everyone kind of like leads to from studying the text. So at like 12, that was, you were considered a man. Mm-hmm. I was like 12. I think, I think it was 12, might be 13. Um, but yeah, so like it slowly like seeped and gotten a little further of like, push that responsibility to the next year, push that responsibility to the next year. I think it goes back to uh, love is a choice. Mm. So it's not a feeling. It's not this or that. It's a choice, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, it's kind of like with uh, siblings, for instance, right? Like I love my siblings. I'm not always going to like them, Mm -hmm. but I love them. It's a choice, right? And so I think sometimes we can keep pushing that off of like, I'm looking for the right person or I'm looking for this or that. And it's like, I don't know. If the person is godly, they're mm-hmm. pursuing the Lord. They're actively pursuing the Lord. You see good fruit. You've checked in with the people around them. So it's not just one side, you know, like you're, you're understanding exactly kind of where they're headed mm-hmm. and you're somewhat physically attracted to them. That's another topic. That's interesting as well. Then I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seems like you should go and get married. Like, like from the married men that I've talked to, they're like, my wife has been the most beautiful example of grace. Mm. No one else has given me this type of grace. Mm-hmm. It's just a glimpse of what Christ has given me. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, 
man, why would I want to wait? Why would I want to wait till I'm like 30 years or, you know, right. for that? Like, yeah. you know, not that it's going to be all easy. I, I understand that. <laughs> I really do. From watching a bunch of different marriages, we've all kind of seen our own parents and other people's, you know, marriages fall and rise. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it makes me think of like, man, what am I waiting for? Why am I, is it like a certain amount of money that I think I need? Uh, but every time I bring that topic up to a married dude, they're like, dude, we were broke straight up broke. <laughs> like we like, sure. Having a little bit of money, being good steward where you are right now, but like, mm-hmm. Hey bro, don't let that stop you from, from yeah. getting married. But like, I think, go yeah. ahead. Well, as I was saying, were a lot of your friends like younger when they got married or like, what it like, um, some of them were, um, I have a buddy who was 18 and he got married, but it was like straight up. Like the Lord told him to like <laughs> marry this girl. Yeah. And he's fantastic. Like from day one, everyone kind of knew like, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll, they'll eventually probably get married um but yeah um some of them are kind of in their their mid-20s or so um mm-hmm. but definitely on the earlier side and they're all like yeah man it's waiting uh for the couple of people that I have asked that actually did wait um they were fine with it but honestly some of them said that like they kind of wish they got made sooner and I was like yeah. oh really yeah yeah especially when you find your person I'm sure you're like oh, I wish I would have found this person like three years ago or something because we have so much access now to yeah you know online dating and all these different people and it's like oh I can like find the perfect person for me and then it's like that perfect person doesn't really exist and so you end mm-hmm. up like dating and dating and dating and just building unhealthy habits of like oh this isn't meeting like my needs so I'm just gonna end it and find someone better and it's like no like how do you learn to sacrificially love and care for this person. And it's in the context of marriage. And that's why I think Christians date so differently. Um, and so, yeah, I think it does make sense in my head for like, Christ- like it makes more sense in my head for Christians getting married younger than like non-believers because they have that understanding and they have, um, they understand what marriage is. And I think, you know, that a lot of times the culture is, sees it as like a ball and chain. And so that's why a lot of people are getting married later. Like, oh my gosh, like you have so much yeah. time. Like, rush you just like like focus on you and figure yourself out and becomes very like a self-focused mindset you know it's the worst message ever like I see it all over social media it's like love yourself da, 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 da. just be you do what you want to do like no that's awful that's dude my heart is so sinful why would I ever listen to my heart yeah. I, yeah. I don't even know my own heart I, I truly don't only God does so like while I think my intentions might be pure the only thing that I know that can be clear is my conscience that's yeah. it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is how important is physical attraction for, uh, right, let's say, let's say you meet this person, right. They're, they're awesome. They're godly. They're pursuing the Lord. Uh, but you're like, looks kind of mid, you know, not that, not that great. So <laughs> it's so funny. You mentioned that I, for the last, like since December, probably, I don't know if that's six months now, I was talking with a guy and that was the issue for me. Like we connected really well, loved the Lord, like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, I could talk to him for a long time, but there were like certain things like that I felt like we were clashing on. And one of them, I was like, I don't know if I can get there. Like, I don't know if I'm like attracted to him. Yeah. And it wasn't like, this is going to make me sound so superficial and I'm not, I promise you I'm not, but it was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like there should be this certain, like, like God's created attraction and there's different levels to it. But I'm like, if I'm not physically attracted to this person, I know we all get like old fat bald, like all this stuff. Yeah. Like I understand those things, but does that mean you need to like forego that in the moment because all these other things make sense? Because there's a lot of other great Christian men out there that you probably are attracted to. And so I struggled for months with this. And I think at the end of the day, 
like I couldn't like get there. And there were other aspects to it too. It wasn't just that, like sure. I'm not yeah. Um, but I do think that is a factor because attraction is a gift from the Lord. I feel like he's given us things that we're drawn to and things that we're not. And I don't know if we should necessarily feel super guilty of, uh, you know, the way that we feel about that. That's kind of where I landed on it. I don't know if you have thoughts, if you don't think it matters at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, okay. A girl doesn't want to know that she's mid, like, like sh- she wants her man to think, uh, yeah. that she is the most beautiful girl in the world. Mm-hmm. The most, just absolutely stunning, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, like no girl wants to be told that like, Hey man, I love your heart. It's so good. It's just like, oh man, it's just like, <laughs> you're the Lord, but like you, you, you look okay. You know? Yeah. No, that's, that's, I mean, like that's soul crushing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from the married people that I have asked, um, keep referencing these conversations but i have them all the time because i love married people they're, they're cool um they're like the most attractive thing and you alluded to it is not their looks anymore they faded pretty fast <laughs> and now what's the most attractive is yeah them still pursuing the lord but the way they take care of the kids the way they care for their husbands uh i mean examples of grace like there's so many different things that are way more attractive now for them than their physical attraction mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, like in the beginning, should it be up there? And then if it fades, it fades. Right. That's cool. I'm already committed. Love is a choice. I'm in it, you know, till I die. Right. Yeah. I don't know because you think of arranged marriages, oh. you probably had some pretty ugly people, not going to lie that were just matched together. And yeah. it was like, well, uh, this is what you got. Um, and typically yeah. in arranged marriages, it was, you know, because of two different kingdoms trying to like right. make some sort of oath or whatever else, but there's examples where it wasn't. It's just normal. That still happens today uh, in different cultures. So I'm like, okay, I keep going back to love is a choice. Love is a choice. So I'm like, the most important thing has to be their relationship with the Lord. Right. It really has to be over, over attraction. Right. So like, that was what I was wrestling with the last six months. Cause it's like, okay, do I date them out of duty then? Because like, they are like, crushing it with the Lord and like that's awesome and like attractive but there's a lot of other guys out there that probably are also loving the Lord and I'm attracted to so like I think that's what I kind of got like stuck on because I just couldn't get there and like there's a lot of like there's a lot of sense of like guilt with that or like again there's other things it wasn't just a physical I guess no that's you're you're fine yep I just don't want people listening to think all this girl (laughs) (laughs) she didn't think he was cute but it's like you're saying it's like I thought in my head, he deserves somebody who thinks the world of him mm. in that area. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was also like, you're like, you're saying I would want the girl wants someone to think, wow, you're the most like beautiful thing ever holistically. And I think mm-hmm. when you say holistically, you can't leave out that physical part, at least at the beginning, because you want to be attracted and drawn to that person. And like, I don't know, I feel like, especially at the beginning too, like sex is a big part of marriage and like, you want to yeah. have that attraction. So it's like, do you just like force it and like, keep your head down and marry out of duty. And then you're just like, this isn't working for me. I don't, you know, and then you just tough it out the rest of your life, which kind of sounds fatalistic, but yeah, yeah. it comes, it comes with a lot of prayer. Like, yeah. I don't think we can just figure it out in one, uh, in one setting. Right. Like it, it really is a, I mean, it's one of the biggest decisions that we make, right. Mm-hmm. Who we marry, mm-hmm. uh, who we choose to live life with forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord willing. So it's, yeah, I think it should be really, really prayerful. I don't think if, if it was as simple as uh, just a yes or no, uh, I think it would not be giving it quite the uh, 
the reverence that it needs. I think yeah. it should be yeah, more walked out. Uh, I think it's great that we have people in the church, married couples that we can talk to and ask these questions for. Yeah. Um, but ultimately we have to go back to the source. We have to go back to the Bible. We have to go back to praying to the mm -hmm. Lord and okay, Lord, like I'm not my own. What do you want me to do? Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and that can be hard if you don't have that community around you yeah. um, or you aren't told to do that. Yeah. There was something so beautiful about the the wrestling in that though too, like through struggle, like you're saying, like my prayer life and my walk with the Lord and like the other areas that I was struggling with, but including this one, it, like I felt like I was growing closer to him and like desiring to understand these things. And so I think this is just another example of how, oh, like sometimes I think a part of me is like, oh God, like, does he really care about whether I'm attracted to this person or not? And it's like, God cares about every single aspect of your life. So give it to him, talk to him about it, talk to other people about it. It's okay. And so I think it was such a learning journey for me. This just being one example of like, hey, I, I don't know what to do with this. What do I do? And it was like months of like, <laughs> God, what do I do? Like seeking him and like growing closer to him because of this, you know, struggle, I think was so beautiful when I look back at it. Hmm. Did you ever have a conversation with him saying that like, did you um, ever drop that on him? <laughs> um. <laughs> Not like directly, but I think he got the picture when we had, we did have like a conversation when we kind of were colliding on something and it just, yeah, yeah. it was like one of those things where I think the hesitation and the answer sort of set, set it. And I yeah. think it was something that was hard to like verbalize for me, but um, yeah. So unfortunately, I don't know. Have you ever had that issue? Am I the only one? <laughs> you connect nope. with someone, but not physically. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely, uh, I have to be careful. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely people in, in the past that have uh, okay. definitely fit that category pretty well. It's like, oh man, this is like perfect, but I just, yeah. and I think there's a lot of wisdom in waiting. Yeah. Yeah. There just is like in high school, man, I'm so glad I like, I did not actually, yes, I went on dates. Right? Let's be yeah. real. I went on dates, but I didn't actually get into a relationship. I said, Hey, now we're dating. Like, this is it. Um, because man, like every time I think I'm ready, I'm like, I'm like, nah, nah. I'm so immature. This is so stupid. What am I doing? <laughs> like, and so, yeah, the, the more I kind of wait a little bit more, I'm like, oh man, okay. Now I'm feeling a little bit more, uh, content in Christ. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing for me about a, a year and a half ago. I, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, please take these desires away from me to want uh, a relationship. It's like, I want to be content in you. Mm -hmm. And he did. It took like three or four months. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably would have been faster if I just would give up a little bit sooner. But finally I was like, oh, wow. Like, I don't feel this like need for a relationship anymore yeah. uh, with someone here on earth. I was like, this is great. And I, and I think everyone should have that, um, should have that like they really should even if it's just for like three weeks yeah. before they like get into a relationship yeah. but they should learn to be content in christ yeah that is first so, and foremost yeah. that's that's so healthy because i think people who are listening to this that are in relationships or are recently gotten relationships you're gonna realize really quickly that this person isn't your savior like you're gonna start mm. things and you're gonna start and so if you were banking on and this person was your hope and like you weren't praying those prayers like you were doing i definitely like like it's just so healthy it's, it's better because then you're not putting this burden on this other person to fulfill you and you, you can enjoy the relationship more when you yeah. are content in Christ because you have a mindset of like self self-sacrifice and like curiosity of getting to know them and it's not just like all right fill all my needs but it's like my needs are already met and Lord how can I serve you how can I love you how can I 
treat you well? How can I understand more about you? And like, I think that is something that I'm like learning now. Like I started like going, I'm like starting to go out with this person and it's very new and stuff, but like from all of the things that I've been learning and dating in the past, it's like coming into this like fully like hands open surrender to the Lord. If this is the person that you have for me, like I'm going to keep putting you first and then this person comes like second and it just makes the whole thing a lot healthier and sweeter to enjoy than putting all this pressure on them. Wow. That that's perfect. Literally <laughs> what you just said there, man, that's, that's so good. It is true. Yeah. If we're, if we're not content in Christ, yeah, we're going to have those tendencies to, to, have it filled by this other person. And then when they don't come through, which will happen, mm-hmm. we'll be like, well, this is a bad decision. Like, yeah. you know, I can't believe I'm in this relationship or I can't believe now I'm married to this person not to live with this person. Like, yeah. And yeah. the scary thing is it might not even stop there. So if you're looking for your spouse to satisfy you and they don't, then you're going to look to your kids and you're like, your mm. kids are going to fill you and then they're not going to. So it's like, you're always going to be like putting this burden on the people that you're supposed to love the most. And I think I've seen that played out in things in my own life and in other people's lives, that's so heartbreaking because it's like, God wants so much better for you. So like, trust him, trust that he is all powerful and that he is good. So when he has these like boundaries put in place in this design for like how we're supposed to treat other people, what marriages, what relationships are like, trust him in that because he's good. And what he has is best for you. Um, and he, he is faithful to show that, you know, navigating relationships and friendships can be difficult <laughs> as we just talked about how do you manage uh, kind of the anxiety that can happen right during this uh, navigating all these different things and these tough conversations that you have to have? Mm-hmm. I love this question. Anxiety has been a part of my story for a bit. And I know we're kind of in that generation where I think mental health is a big thing and people are starting to talk about stuff more instead of yeah. just shoving it down. Like, you know, you, a lot of times I feel like you can invalidate what you're experiencing because somebody has it worse. It's like, I shouldn't be anxious about this because other people, um, you know, have really serious situations. And so I think the first thing is validating your pain, acknowledging that it's there or acknowledging the tough situation that you're going through. And then for me personally, what has been a huge help and actually, you know, there's the verses that talk about anxiety, like do not be anxious about anything. And like, um, you know, the, the yoke that the Lord gives us is like easy and light. And like, we're supposed to walk in freedom. Like there's these verses that talk about it and to like rejoice in the Lord. Those are helpful. Um, but I think a big thing, I love this verse in Colossians 1:17. It just talks about the Lord being in control. So in Colossians, it talks about, and he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And I love, love this verse because when I think of anxiety, I think of control at the end of the day. So when mm. I'm trying to be in control of my life and maintain and sustain and orchestrate and ordain and all these things that God is supposed to do. I release, I release my grip and I give, I give him the control and I surrender myself to him. And that's what's like really freeing my mind. So I feel like if I'm going, if like, there's like a staircase and then like the top of the staircase, whoever's on that top part is who's in control of my life. The more that I try to be that person, the more, the tighter my grip gets and the more anxious I get. But if I let God and I release my grip and I let him be what he is supposed to be in my life, I feel like free because things are not always going to go. These conversations and relationships are not always going to go the way that I want. Hmm. I'm not always going to get married on the timeline that I want to get married. Or I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah. feel like when you're anxious, it's like, I want these things to go the way I am. And the Bible is so clear that many of the plans of man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so we need to trust that what he has is better for us. Like I was saying before. So for me, handling anxiety is releasing control. If I was to put it in like one sentence. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I, 
I don't know if you've read the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Um, there's a quote in there that says, nearly all vices are rooted in the future. Mm. Gratitude looks to the past and love to the present. Fear, lust, and ambition look ahead. Mm. And I think about that all the time for myself. I uh, have ambition and I'm like, okay, like, how do I use this for the Lord and not for my own selfish desires? Mm. Once again, going back to what I said earlier, right? I'm trying to clear my conscience and say like, this is like, this is really what I want to do with my ambition is, is honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yet I know my heart <laughs> is very simple and I know it naturally wants to glorify itself. So I'm like, okay, like how do I, uh, even with this podcast and other things that I'm doing, I'm like, how can I make sure that I'm not trying to build a legacy or, yeah. you know, leave something here on earth yeah. when I'm like, it's all going to fade away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, what- <laughs> The thing, the thing with anxiety, I feel like it can just be so like all consuming and crippling. And I know people like go to counseling and they they have to be on medication for a while. And there's like all these other aspects to it too. So I'm, I'm saying these things like in mm-hmm. partnership with those things, I'm a big proponent of counseling. And like, I almost see, I heard it said one time on a, on a podcast that uh, med, like med, medication for anxiety is like wearing a cast for your brain. So you just wear it so you can stabilize yourself enough to go to the counseling, to get the tools that you need to like build this like healthy, you know, spiritual framework in a way. Um, and then like re- release yourself of that. So you don't become dependent on anything other than the Lord, mm-hmm. um, sort of how I kind of see it. So I'm not trying to like, I'm, you know, if you need medication, medication, if you need counseling, yeah. counseling, yeah. Um, I'm kind of saying this in, in partnership with those things, yeah. but it's um, not your future, right? Exactly. It's not forever. That's right. what some people they, they get on this medication and they're on it for like a decade or two right. and it's awful for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The health, the health side effects I've seen in some of the people in my life, it, yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. So, and I just feel like God wants better for you. You know, he wants better for you. So trust him in that and trust that he's the one in control. And if things do not turn out the way that you want, it's not the like, he's the one that sustains, not you. Like stop putting all this pressure on yourself. Like I'm preaching mm. now, like stop putting all this pressure on yourself. of like, oh, if I made this decision or if I did that, then this, and like you're carrying the, all of this weight that he does not want you to carry. And so like, give it over to him. And I think that is truly what's helped me stop being so anxious. Like every day, like, you know, if something's going at work, for example, I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Like I would just like the moment I'd wake up, I just feel like, hey, just, uh, like we're free. Like, oh. Hey, yeah. one sec. Sorry. My, uh, my camera just died here. One sec. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. That's okay. One, one sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, I appreciate, I appreciate you still going though. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, she's still going. I was like, okay. Yeah. I like my friend. Uh, I can see you now. You can see me now. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pick back up where you were. Like you were listening because the camera was like crazy. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what I, what I was choosing to do every morning is like I, I would read a verse or something about like the Lord being in control. And I would tell myself like, be faithful in what you're supposed to do today. So like you're talking about the future, you're talking about all these things, but it's like, okay, like me you know how Martin Luther talks about like, oh, Jesus were to come today. What would you do? And he's like, I'd plant a tree and pay my taxes. And so it's like just being faithful in the ordinary and like trusting that like, yeah, God is in this like 10 a.m. meeting that I feel like is going nowhere or uh, like God is at lunch that I'm having with a coworker or God is in this relationship, you know, all these little things that make up our lives. Like it's like he, he he ordains it all. He orchestrates it all. Like, so like having that perspective has been so healing for me. I think mm. a verse that comes to mind is Proverbs 30. One of my buddies texted me this. He goes, dude, like a Proverbs 30, uh, six through nine. And I was like, your mind's going to be blown. I was like, all right. So I looked it up. Um, and it says, remove from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. 
Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Mm. Man, and then, and then he goes, try praying that prayer. Mm. Try praying that you don't get riches. Try praying that you um, don't become poor. Mm. Pray that you have just your needs met. But mm-hmm. if we're being honest, our needs are food, shelter, and clothing. Right. And I think we all listening, if you have access to this, have well beyond that. Like, well, well, well beyond that. And so it's like, okay, why do I want to have this wealth? Why do I want to have these things? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, because I think like I'm going to be satisfied in that or I'm going to be comforted by that or security, right? And I've and been wrestling with this, trying to figure out like, okay, where's, where's the balance in that? Like we don't tithe because God wants our money. Yeah. God doesn't need our money. Like his, his will is going to get done whether or not we tithe. Yeah. He wants your heart. Yes. So if your heart is attached to money, then yeah, he wants you to give. And he sometimes wants you to give a little bit more in some areas. And you're like, ah, but I kind of need that. And then it goes, if we go back to his promises, like he's going to provide for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our most basic needs, he's committed to that. And way beyond that as well, but at our basic needs. So how do we get so uh, caught up of like, uh, let me just store up a little bit more. And I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, be a good steward of the money we have or work hard, like, especially if you have a business, like absolutely do that. But our tendency once again is to like kind of hoard things and to take a good gift and make it a bad gift. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you see yourself as the owner or the steward? I think it's Mm. kind of hard. Like I own, I own this house. I own this family. I own this money. I own my kids. Like all this stuff. Or it's like I am. Yeah. Lord has given these things to me to cultivate, to give, um, to bring Him glory. What does that look like? You know, and like having the conversations with the Lord as He's like, you know, sometimes I think of like believers who do like the Lord has blessed them with a good business mindset. They have a lot. Like there's some people at my church that are very wealthy and they are so humble. Like you would never know. Like you would never know. Yeah. They are so humble and so walking so close with the Lord because they see themselves as stewards and God has entrusted them with more. And so they are to be faithful. Um, and you know, however, God's like leading them to, to give and to serve and to, to use their resources for the community, things like that. Um, so I think at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, yeah, like, am I the owner of this or am I a steward that I need to give back to the Lord? Hmm. Speaking of being a good steward, what is a woman's highest calling? Good question. I was thinking about this one a bit. Um, And for me, like trying to differentiate a woman's highest calling to a man's highest calling was really hard because I think Mm. when Jesus was asked this question, what did he say? You know, what's the greatest commandment? Like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? And he literally said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and to love as yourself. And I think for a woman, um, we can get distracted easily from that. I think the way that the culture pushes things on us, you know, this consumeristic culture that we have of um, the products that we're using, like, how do we look? How, how are we exercising? How are we, you know, now there's this pressure for women to have the business, raise the kids, do everything, you know, like there's all this pressure um, to be this superwoman and to do it all and mm-hmm. uh, to prove that she's like strong and all these things and she can look amazing doing it. Um, and I think a lot of women struggle then with comparison because they want to be this ideal that is very hard to achieve. And I don't know if this is like, if that should be our focus versus like, how, how am I loving the Lord and cultivating my relationship with him to love other people? Well, um, 
heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like if Jesus says that that is the number one, then I want that to be my calling because then that if I'm cultivating that relationship, it is going to influence how I'm raising my kids, how much I'm uh, effort and money I'm putting into what I look like, mm-hmm. um, how much time and energy I'm pouring into my neighbors, like things like all of these practical things stem from this understanding. And so for me, I want to be somebody who is cultivating a deeper affection for the Lord, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that way these other things kind of come easier, if that makes sense. I know that sounds like a super Christian answer, but honestly, at the end of the day, it's like, I didn't know. I was like, I think men to to the same. I just think our, Mm -hmm. our struggles, struggles to get there are a little different. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is a quote by Jen uh, Oshman. I don't know if you know who she is, but um, yeah, one of the things that she was saying on this topic was our highest calling is to know God, to make mm-hmm. him known. It's to love God and to love others. Mm-hmm. And that calling transcends all life stages and all of life's ages. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Right. It's um, then there's things like, yeah, motherhood, like um, how important is that? Yeah, it's important, but first and foremost, once again, like our contentment should be in Christ. Um, so yeah, being being a good father, right? Being a good husband, like all those things are absolutely true. Um, but that's not our highest calling. Yeah. What's what's interesting is that the culture is kind of putting the pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of I think it is a lot of females competing with each other and a lot of males competing with males. Like we're keep pushing the bar, keep pushing the status yeah. higher of all the things we need to say. We're a husband, we're a podcaster, we're a, you know, business owner, we're a da, 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 da. like, like what, what else do you want to add to your Instagram bio? Like how many other things can you really jam yeah. in there? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, I would love to have a career doing this, doing podcasting, like creating content. Um, but I'm also like, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm not doing it because it's lucrative or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of look at some people uh, in the Christian realm where it's like, oh, you can be a Christian and a celebrity. Okay, <laughs> cool. Let's, best of both seems like the best route. <laughs> you get all the money and you get God. Yeah. Um, and I'm simplifying it totally, but it, it seems to, to be right. That's where like the prosperity gospel comes in, right? That's where people are like, well, God wants you to um, have money. Mm. Oh, can you show me where that's in the Bible? Cause I don't I like, I don't, I don't know exactly where it says. Like he wants you to be super, super wealthy. Like, I don't know where he says that yeah. wealth is fine. I mean, like you think about the wisest man ever mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Solomon. And to this day, if you translate his wealth, it's like 200 trillion today. Yeah. He was uber wealthy, but it was a byproduct of his contentment in the Lord yeah. of the wisdom that he had. Yeah. So I think, I think that's something that we can, um, kind of remind ourselves of like oh yeah like like every other good gift will come from me pursuing the lord and if i if i end up becoming wealthy that's awesome Mm -hmm. if i don't that's okay too like i I still it would be better to yeah be poor and have the lord than be super wealthy without the lord yeah yeah amen i was thinking about this idea of calling too um Mm -hmm. a lot of times we can think we are called to something like, oh, I'm called to be a counselor or I'm called to start a podcast. And our, our primary calling is to someone and not to something. And so like yeah. we're saying, it's like, once you understand that the other calling sort of makes sense, but we're not tying our value to those callings because our value is, is found in the Lord. So I think that's why 
we can struggle sometimes to want to do it all because we're tying our value to what we do of like, mm. I need to be the best mother or father and have this side business and to do all those things because that adds to my value and my net worth and all these things versus like being secure in who you are in the Lord and all these other things are a blessing to be good stewards of. Wow. Brenda Koss, ladies and gentlemen, if people want to stay up to date on the things you're doing, where should we send them? Yeah. So I actually have a podcast. It's called Soul Things Podcast. And we talk about the hard spaces that we go through in our twenties. We've talked about all different kinds of challenges. We tackle things like eating disorders or depression or managing breakups or relationships and all these things that we go through. So you can find me on Instagram at soul underscore things underscore podcast, or you can find my YouTube channel, Soul Things Podcast. Um, And yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, I'm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen, you can probably find me. I'm currently going to be releasing season three in August, so you should stay tuned for that. And I release episodes every Friday. Awesome. Sweet. Also, I just realized I totally botched your name. I said Brenda. I don't know why I said Brenda. (laughs) I I, I was like, wow, what the heck? I got to mention that. Sorry, Brenda. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. I will have all the links in the description. So everyone listening, go check them out. Um, I've listened to a ton of our episodes and they're awesome. Very, very cool. I love them. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Luke. I honestly loved having this conversation with you. Hey, thanks for listening to my episode with Brenna. I really appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end. If you want to support this podcast in another way, you can totally do that by easily leaving a review. Uh, But make sure it's an honest review. Whether you like this podcast or you don't, I want to hear your honest opinion. And I will talk to you all next week.